It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, folks, and welcome to another championship edition of the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris here with my co-host, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if you want to listen to that on the reg, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify, and make sure you subscribe. If you subscribe, you won't miss an episode when we drop them on Mondays. And then YouTube. Search up A to Z Sports on YouTube and you can see a video version of the podcast or uh, potentially we show video clips sometimes. You can see those there at Charlie underscore Burris at Zach TNT at A to Z Sports, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports, Nashville on the social medias and A to Z Sports.com for the stuff we write. Zach, a lot of the time, me, much less than Zach. Well... Uh, well, I'll start by saying this. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. Thank you to everyone uh, who has served and given it all for this beautiful nation in which we live. And Zach, it, it is tr- truly a beautiful Memorial Day. The sun is gleaming. You can see it behind me out of the window. But the sun just shines a little brighter. The birds chirp a little louder. When the Tennessee Volunteers win a championship, folks, Tennessee baseball goes down to Hoover, Alabama, and through the weather delays, playing at 3 a.m., as I believe, as Tony Vitello put it, playing on Ibiza nightclub hours, Tennessee stuck it out, toughed it out, and won the SEC tournament, another championship for the boys in orange and white, and the the main thing is they never trailed for a second in this tournament. In four games, they swept all four games and never so much as trailed in a single one. And what an accomplishment. What a dream of a season so far. It's unbelievable. But Zach, what is up, man? Did you watch the game? Yeah, I mean, it kind of felt like business as usual on several different fronts here. Tennessee winning an SEC championship, which is like becoming a normal thing now. I believe that was the third SEC championship, women's soccer, men's basketball, um, baseball now. First time that's ever happened in NCAA history that uh, those three have been won in the same year. And then really just the way Tennessee played. I mean, they're on a different level than every other team in the SEC. That's been obvious all year long, but we've talked about it all year long that you really don't know what's going to happen when you get to this time of year. Uh, Regular season's great. Consistency was great, but you don't know what's going to happen. You get to the SEC tournament, now the NCAA. And Tennessee still, I mean, they're not slowing down. They just look like they're on a different level. They, They put you away. 
it it's just incredible to watch and you know they got a lot of momentum heading into the regionals they're hosting one of course i uh it's funny i was scrolling through twitter last night just kind of mindlessly wasn't really reading tweets you know how you, you just kind of pick your phone up and scroll and i saw your tweet about what a, what a surprise or a controversial choice they're they're hosting a regional and for about a half a second i was like what is he what is he talking about and then i kind of <laughs> picked up on the on the humor there so yeah it, it really incredible weekend incredible week uh and as you pointed out weird hours playing i think one game started what after 11 eastern time yeah uh, the other night i mean it was insane game times that they had to deal with I, I've always even prided myself on, like, I'll stay up. It doesn't matter. I, I really love the one in particular that I love is college basketball in the in the post seasons. They always end up having these really late games, and you can end mm-hmm. up seeing some awesome, exciting stuff in those late games. It gets weird. Um, it was so late that it got me. I fit, uh, the game against Kentucky, which was really the most competitive game of the entire tournament for Tennessee. Frankly, K- Kentucky held the game tied until the eighth inning. I correct set seventh or eighth. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was with you on that. It was, it was yeah, it, it was it was tied two two until very late. I made it until Tennessee took the lead right there. You know, very happy, and I just I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> and then I I had to wake up and see that Tennessee stuck it out. It, well, didn't even stick it out. They ended up winning twelve to two, but uh, just ended up running away with it in those final innings. But it it was rough, and I can't imagine that the players themselves they had to play that super late game against Kentucky, and then get it the next day and actually play a midday game against Florida. So this team, we talked about it last week going in. They hadn't played the set of teams that finished right behind them in the SEC. Didn't play Arkansas, didn't play LSU, didn't play uh, Texas A&M. None of that ended up mattering. Tennessee played Florida in the final. They did play LSU, and they beat LSU, um, much like everybody else, kind of handily. And so this level is a whole different thing, but this team just delivers. That's it. Like, that is the, the absolute bottom line of who they are. As a team, it is like their identity. It doesn't matter. There, there were mistakes in that game. When Ben Joyce came in, when when Ben Joyce is on, he's unhittable. When Ben Joyce is off, his he basically sets teams up to hit home runs <laughs> because he throws it in at 102 and they hit it back out at 104 and it goes over the back fence. And um, and so he he had a rough outing and they they stick it out through all of that and you know it just. It doesn't matter. They just deliver whatever it is. And it's so crazy because <laughs> it got to that eighth inning with Joyce and and things start taking a little bit of a turn. And I, I tweeted this out. I said the, the catastrophic Tennessee fan thoughts have begun for me. As you're it's a condition. And I, you know, a bunch of fans were like, same. I yep, absolutely, you know, agreeing. It's just part of the the batter ball syndrome. But this team took that turn and then just delivered. So you come you come back, Drew Gilbert smashes a home run right in the next inning, extends the lead a little bit. You ended up not needing it, but still, like they it doesn't matter. Whatever comes, they handle it. And it's 
as a Tennessee fan that has gone through so much of this crap of teams melting down and <laughs> and not being able to deliver, it's incredible to watch. I what more can you say? What more can you say? Honestly, I think the uh, I mean, so much credit to to Tony Vitello and the culture oh, that yeah. he's created. But it's it's kind of strange when you think about it. This team has got a lot of uh, a grief. A lot of attention for the way they play their brash playing style. We've heard that description a lot. Vitello is as competitive as they come. We know that. We've seen it in action. But he's also one of the most humble guys that, that I've ever seen give an interview. For all of the flack that he receives for the way his team plays, when you see him interviewed, he's, I mean, he's candid, but he's one of the most gracious, humble coaches I've ever seen. And, uh, I, it's just a perfect combination of the way that he's created this atmosphere. It, it's really hard to explain how he's done it or how it makes sense, but it's it's incredible. Like you said, this team, it's like they want to be in those situations. I almost think that they get bored when they're up by 10 because they want to be in these tense, emotional situations because that's where they thrive, which is great moving forward because inevitably we're going to see some games like that they're going to get to Omaha. If they're going to win a championship, they're going to be some tight games because there's some good teams out there. Uh, Oregon State, you know, if they run into somebody like that, it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be some memorable games, and I think they're built to handle that well. I think they're built to handle adversity, even though they haven't faced much adversity this season. Did Oregon State end up winning? You just made me think of it. They played what? super late. No, oh, no, they lost. Oh, did they? They lost to Stan- Stanford. Won the Pac-12. Okay. Yeah, it, that was, it was a super late, late game. game. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it came on at like ten thirty. So I didn't. I didn't see the, the end of the it. The Oregon State lost. Saturday, Saturday with UCLA was that game, the first game that they played. I've, I've, incredible. You score nine runs in the ninth inning to tie the game at what twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. And and then walk it off the way they did, and then have to turn around and play again right after that. And so crazy. I I tweeted. Uh, I tweeted this weekend. I said, college baseball is the best secret in the sports world. Because even though we're kind of we're, – we're following Tennessee, obviously. We're kind of right in the thick of this, keeping up with college baseball, more so than I, I think your average casual sports fan. And I think if they if people actually slow down to watch college baseball and just the craziness, the emotion of it, stuff that you don't see at the MLB level, I mean, it is it's fantastic. It's such compelling television. It really is great, and and uh, Tennessee is chief among uh, the folks bringing the entertainment this season. Uh, I mean, what, one of the crazy things is that Tennessee really hasn't had almost any... They're, they're so exciting to watch, but they haven't had any moments like that. Not to speak any of it into existence, but like they haven't had to have a crazy comeback. They're always ahead. <laughs> they, they, haven't, they haven't had a team make a crazy comeback against them like the, none of that stuff has occurred they they are i think like it's kind of i think it's kind of like i think it's kind of like the mike tyson syndrome when they're playing against teams where not necessarily the teams beat when they step on the field with tennessee but i think tennessee gets a lead i think a team's mentally beat i think that they yeah. know who they're playing it's tennessee it's the best team in the country you got you're starting to see more and more comments from people like is this the best college team ever and that's a mm-hmm. whole nother debate that, that I don't even, I'm not well enough equipped with the history of college baseball to even get into that debate, really. But that's in the minds of these teams. And I think 
I think they're done. Whenever Tennessee gets a little bit of a lead, they're just mentally checked out. Well, just what you see that was a theme this entire season was that a, a team, a decent amount of the time, could hang with Tennessee till about the sixth through the eighth inning. And you hit that little patch, and that's when just the floodgates open. They're just, their pitching depth gets you. Their, their hitting depth gets you. Just everything comes together right there because that's where this team excels over everybody else's that depth is the fact that they have five, six, seven pitchers that are at that top level. And then they have five, six, seven, eight, nine hitters that are at that top level. And they just outlast you every single time. I, I was I was saying this to somebody yesterday. It's hard to imagine that there is a team in college baseball right now that could hang with Tennessee in a three-game series. And that's what it takes to win the College World Series. It's a three-game series, best of three. And I, I, could, I could see a team splitting with Tennessee, but in that third game, they're just going to outlast you. It's the MO of this team. That's how they do it. If they don't just whip you up and down the field, kind of like they did Florida yesterday. It, it's, it just is... Like that, that's the element I think where people look and they start having that conversation about one of the best teams ever is that because you can, you can get excited in the sixth inning and go, all right, we got a one run lead. It's tied in the sixth inning. Maybe we can do this. We can hang with them. No, you can't. You can't. They, they whatever it is. And, that you know, Kentucky game was the perfect, perfect yeah, example of that. Exactly. And they they did that, uh, was it, I think it was a game against Auburn uh, a few weeks ago. They did that where Auburn really had hung tough. They might have even had a lead late in the game. And Tennessee still, didn't Tennessee beat them like 14 to 2 or something? Even though Auburn late in the game ended up having a lead. Like, that's that's this team in a nutshell. And that's so tough to beat baseball is a weird game. And it's what makes me like, if you ask me with the NCAA tournament coming up there, there are people legitimately tweeting about this yesterday and, and asking in a real way, Tennessee or the field. If you have to choose in the NCAA tournament, I, I would say the odds only by a skosh are in the favor of the field, just because baseball yeah. is such a weird sport. There's so many strange elements they can happen, a bounce here, a bad pitch here that ends up being, you know, a three run, whatever. Like it can, things can turn on a dime so quickly in, in a game with so many variables. But this team is so complete. It, it's, it's a dream. It's a dream season. This is it. If you, if you have ever wanted a Tennessee team that looks like, a, like Alabama football in a given year or something like that, this is it. This is, it's essentially about as good as it could ever get in college baseball. And yes, they have to close out. And that is a big ask. Winning a national championship will not be easy. And, and don't even getting to the college world series will not be easy. You know, it, it almost feels like it's a given, but it will not be easy. But if there has ever been a team that is equipped to do it, it is this one. <laughs> and, and that's, that's all you can say. How else do you analyze this? How else do you? They've only lost seven games all season. It's, absolutely absurd how how think, complete this team is i think there's two different ways uh to look at their upcoming you know ncaa tournament and, and the regionals 
One is there, there's all the pressures on Tennessee, because you said it right there. Tennessee oh, yeah. or the field. And that's a conversation it's having. So they're going to feel some pressure. They're going to be pretty much everybody's going to want to be the team that knocks them off. At the same time, this is a really, really focused team. They want to win the SEC tournament, but that was not that's not their goal. It never was their goal. I mean, that's what they want to do, but it's not their ultimate goal. And we saw that with the comments yesterday after the game. I can't remember which player it was, but somebody pointed out like, hey, we're going to enjoy this going back today, but Monday it's back to the grind because we have a lot of work left to do. And they're very focused. They, they're not taking it for granted. They're not walking in. They're just assuming they're going to run away with this just because they won the SEC tournament. There's a lot of other good teams out there, and they know that. So, I mean, that that's the one really encouraging thing that's just different about this team. Like, they're not surprised by their success. And, I mean, that's incredible to me because they, this team hasn't – I mean, Tennessee baseball hasn't done this. It's new territory for them. But they – I don't know. I mean, it goes back to Tony Vitello and the atmosphere that he's created. They're not surprised by winning, and they're not – you know, they believe it. They expected it, and that's encouraging moving forward. The thing that you really notice with this team is what I always noticed when I've talked to guys that played on the national championship football team. They all, all the guys from that football team always talked about uh, athlete leadership. The other guys on the team coming to you and leading the way. And I think this baseball team has that in spades. It starts with Vitello. He has set the culture at a thousand foot level as the coach. And it goes down to a guy like Luke Lipsius, Redmond Walsh, guys that have been here for 42 years, you know, and they're, they're just a consummate vol for life type of dudes. And they extend that culture to these players. And you really see it in moments with them where, you know, you'll hit a home run and everybody is celebrating. Everybody gets in on it and it's and it is just this this thing that you can see is going to be perpetuated into the future because it's it's being passed down from the guys who are leaders now to get like i mean i think the dude that you look at on this team right it's blake burke it's like you you look at what he's done this season and he's he's next dude up he's the next star for this he's already almost a star (laughs) now i mean he the wait that blast against kentucky holy cow what a home run um and you know you you can just see it it's it's like it's it's at multiple levels here it starts with those senior guys and goes down to the younger dudes taking on that culture from the senior guys and really buying into it and obviously all of that begins with patello credit but credit to every single person involved it is, it's this melding of everything together that to get something this good, you have to have all of that stuff work together in, in a, in this cohesion that this team seems to have. And that don't underestimate that like this, you can have a team with these players. That's not this cohesive. Cause I, I think you put, you put this team with, with the guy at Arkansas, Van Horn with a coach that's like, don't have fun. We're going to go out. We're going to be very serious and do do all this stuff. I don't think you get the same product on the on a baseball field, obviously. I think Arkansas has has decently comparable talent to to Tennessee, and they've melted down down the stretch and and got bounced out of the SEC tournament after two games. And like you did, that's the difference where you have to have these guys that keep it all together and keep it working, and it 
is it just makes a massive difference and it's incredible to watch incredible to watch something i wanted to get your thoughts on because obviously we know all about this team we know what they have to do moving forward there's really not a whole lot to break down when it comes to Tennessee's rest of the season the NCAA tournament you know just keep doing what you've been doing but moving forward after this season you've got a lot of players going to be drafted this year a lot of really good players a lot of talent that's going to be leaving Knoxville how do you feel about the future that Vitello's created but you kind of got to restock the roster or, or lean on some players that maybe you didn't lean on this year uh, at, can they replicate it moving forward I think this is almost after this season will almost be a bigger test than the season we're currently experiencing. Because I think a lot of people looked at this one and said, that was a really good team that made that run to the College World Series. That was great. But can you keep it going? Because you're losing a lot of pieces. We were saying the same thing last year, <laughs> you know. And and Tony obviously took that challenge on and not only did well, but has completely excelled in that. Um it is an excellent question. You are losing the pieces that are those senior leaders. But but what it is, it comes down to like a guy like Blake Burke stepping up and becoming those senior pieces. And, and I think there's no better coach to oversee that happening than Tony Vitello, I would say. It just seems like whatever it is, these dudes just buy into what this guy is selling. Like they are on board. And who at this point, who would not want to come play baseball for this guy? So you got to think, I mean, the, the talent mill is going to keep churning. Like, there are going to be great players that are going to continue to come through Tennessee. But, yeah, I, th- I think the main thing is getting them to buy in and whatever it is. I I believe in Tony Vitello. How, you know, proof's in the pudding. I don't know how you don't believe in him, frankly. Um, he not only wins, he wins when it matters, which is a different thing for, you know, Tennessee sports. <laughs> That's something that Tennessee has struggled with in across the board in sports is – you know, we can we can have a fun regular season, but when it really comes down to it, you know, you struggle. And Heats, he can do that, clearly. College World Series, SEC Championship, it's all there. Um, and and I think it really does come from that culture building that that he does. It's it's really amazing uh, to watch. I I, <laughs> I I love it. It's the thing that I've been waiting for with Tennessee sports for 15 years. This is something something to come back like this, and we we finally have it. I think there, I feel like this is the beginning of some of like, or just a really special run for Tennessee. I don't think it's just a I do kind of one and done or not. Well, really not even one and done because 2021 was great as well. Just didn't have the, the outcome that everybody wanted. You're losing a lot of players, but I think you kind of hit on it. Two different aspects there. One, if these players were at Arkansas, you don't see the same outcome because of the culture that Vitello's created. And there's always going to be talent, and that talent's going to want to come to Tennessee now. And baseball is such a baseball such a weird sport that we see it with like the Angels in Major League Baseball. They've got some of the best players on earth: Mike Trout, Shohei Itani, uh, Anthony Rendon. And they, I mean, Mike Trout's what played in like one playoff game or something, or one playoff series in his career, or something absurd like that. He's one of the best players on the planet, but it's not enough for the Angels to have sustained success and baseball is it's not one star doesn't doesn't win you anything you got to have a complete team and i think that's what vitello is really good at doing is building this culture building a complete team 
the best talent, the best high school talent in the country is going to go to Major League Baseball. So you got to find the guys that are going to play in college. It's a hard thing to do, but you got to find the guys that are going to play in college that aren't going to be drafted high that can produce. And Vitello has proved that he's really good at doing that. So I don't, there's no reason to think this is going to slow down. I mean, the talent has to go somewhere. Somebody has to win. And Vitello is the best culture builder in college baseball. I fully believe that. And that's why I think this baseball program is going to continue doing this. Maybe not to this extent that we saw this year. I don't think we should just, like, this is really special. If Tennessee goes and wins the SEC regular season next year, but they only win it by like a game or two, or it comes down to the last game of the year, it's still, that's still a pretty impressive achievement. And it shouldn't, we shouldn't look down on that achievement just because it wasn't what we saw this season. I think that fans got to be real careful not not to get greedy. Not saying you should lower expectations yeah. at all, but let's just put this season in perspective. Exactly. What we are watching is absolutely spectacular. There is a very good reason that people who know college baseball better than either of us are saying that this might be you know one of the best teams of all time. It is exceptional in a real way what Tennessee has done so far this year. And so, yeah, don't obviously we want to win it all every single year, but don't expect this kind of dominance every single year. It just expect the, the product to always be at a top level with high expectations. Like that's coming from Vitello himself, high expectations. And, and I, at this point, I trust him implicitly. I, you have to, there's, there is no better coach uh, or no no coach with a better track record at this point at the University of Tennessee than Tony Vitello, period. Uh, and do, you, so, do you think Tony Vitello's success has redeemed John Curry at all? Because <laughs> uh, I saw a few John Curry comments on Twitter yeah. uh, sparsed out over the weekend. It's tough. I, I would say it's brought him back to even in my mind. It was a disaster at the beginning. And then it's been building back up to just like, okay, I'm net neutral on your time here. Like, that's Do you. What you did to football was absolutely horrific. And I will have a hard time ever forgiving you for that. But what you did for baseball is truly amazing. And I, that's nice. I, I enjoy that. And thank you. <laughs> Do you remember much about when he was hired or the process or anybody else that was considered at the time? Because I really don't at all. I do. I'm, I'm trying I, to remember if who else was kind of in the mix there. I covered it all. I was at all the press conferences and did all the stuff. David Blackburn was the name that everybody wanted. Um, no, I mean, as far as Vitello, Vitello, whenever he was hired. Oh, when Vitello was hired. I was at all of that stuff, too. I don't. I don't remember because ba- here's the thing. When he was hired, nobody cared about baseball. And so you yeah. could you could write about it all you wanted to, and nobody cared. You like you could write a five hundred yeah. word well thought out column and it'd get ten page views. And so it wasn't something that we concentrated on. It just is what it is. And when you write about sports, um but uh yeah, I d I don't totally remember because I he was really an unknown. He was just an assistant coach coming from yeah, Arkansas. All we knew Arkansas was a good reaction. program, but I don't feel like there was any really fan reaction either way. It was just like, okay, well, there's the guy. What I remember specifically was that everybody thought he was good looking, which that has <laughs> continued. <laughs> that yeah. we were all impressed with his hair. <laughs> that was the biggest <laughs> part of it. Uh but yeah, I I don't 
totally remember, and that's you need need to go back and look. But um, yeah, it's it was an unassuming hire, and hey, high fives all around for Curry. We appreciate it, man. You you didn't do anything for football, but uh, basketball or uh, baseball, you 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 have flipped the script, and and we appreciate that. And on okay, so on that note, and we kind of I'm sort of time crunched. So we got to move on. I, I would love, I actually have more thoughts on what we were talking about, but I, we have places to go people to see, unfortunately on this Memorial day. Um, so I was listening to uh, a little bit of Tony Basilio's post game show last night. I love, I love cause he does the call-in show and he just gets raw fan reaction uh, to what people are thinking. And this kid called into the show and said he was, he was 17, you know, so happy about the SEC championship and it's amazing. But he said something that like hit me like a freight train. And I don't, I don't remember the kid's name, but shout out to this dude. Cause I, I loved this and it was also sobering at the same time. He said, I'm 17 and this is the first time in my life that it has truly been great to be a Tennessee Vol. I was like, Oh man. It's tough to hear on one hand because you go, things haven't been this good in 17 plus years. Really, things haven't been this good in 20 plus years, if we're being totally honest. Um, and it almost brought a tear to my eye at the same time. Because I, I think the question that you need to start asking, especially if this baseball team wins a national championship. Basketball wins an SEC championship. Football's on the rise. Are we beginning like a golden age of Tennessee sports? Because everybody looks back on what ninety-five to 05 is like the golden age, but like basketball wasn't very good back then. But you had Pat, Pat Summit and women's basketball just <laughs> murdering everybody. <laughs> Those that was the golden age. The golden age for for lady ball basketball is incredible. Um, but everybody looks back on that time as the golden age for modern Tennessee sports. Are we entering another one right now? Do you think, Zach? I mean, it kind of feels that way, right? How I mean, everything's coming up aces right now. You got basketball winning the SEC tournament championship, and then you're kind of wondering when Rick Barnes loses in the second round, like, okay, is was that like his last hurrah, like his last good year? Because we've seen all these other coaches in that kind of that same age or age start to retire and, and get out of college basketball. And then he's done nothing this last month, but land four and five star recruits, just it's completely crazy. restocking the, the, the talent in Tennessee. So basketball doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. We, we've obviously talked a lot about baseball and where that program's heading. And then football. I mean, you couldn't have asked, I mean, you could, but really, Reasonable expectations. Josh Heupel exceeded those expectations in year one. Recruiting is going great. Uh, huge recruiting weekend this past weekend. They've got what the top ten class so far. Really could get even better if, if things play out the right way. They could land a top five class possibly, and that's what it's all about in college football. If you you're going to compete, you better land top five, top ten classes. So Heupel's doing everything right. He's got an innovative offense. It feels like it's the beginning of something special and football is the one like that's the one I think that you have to you have to like win 10 games in a season for fans to be like okay this is real like this is really happening 
Tennessee athletics are good across the board. It's a premier athletic department. It's trending that direction, but I don't think anybody's going to believe it till they see the football results finally come in. Just because it's been so long and there's been so many farms with false hope from Lane Kiffin to Butch Jones in 2015 and 2016 and then getting a a star defensive coordinator in Pruitt. There's been so many times fans have got their hopes up and expected this. So I, I think, yeah, this is finally going to be, or it's going to be a situation where fans have to have to see it to believe it. I'm definitely going to have to see it to believe it. Without a doubt, I'm 100% with you there. But also at the same time, don't, and this is what I have to truly force on myself. I think the people that have that listen to me regularly know <laughs> the type of fan that I am. A little bit of a fatalist. Um, it's I, I find it hard at times to truly enjoy things because I'm always wondering when the neck, you know, when the shoe is going to drop. Um, but to you gotta just take it in when it comes. If if any of the last twenty years have taught us anything, appreciate it all, uh, and and I'm. I'm speaking to myself in that you got, you got to appreciate this stuff. Cause I, I was so young the last time that it was happening. Uh, and, and now that I truly get to fully take it in and not only that, but like get to do this and talk about it every week. And it's, it certainly feels like something is special, something really special. It has started. And I think what makes it feel really different from these times in the past and what is really what really makes me ask this question in a fully sincere way is Danny White. I think it is. You have the the leadership at the top that for, honestly, the first time in 20 years, leadership that I truly believe in. Mike Hamilton did an admirable job until about 2007, 8. And all the stuff with Fulmer and Bruce Pearl, it really came unraveled there at the end and really marred his legacy as an athletic director at Tennessee. Um, but I, I mean, really, since since Dickey in the nineties, when when has Tennessee had leadership like this? Where you look at it and you go, like, this guy actually knows what he's doing. This is how what I, I don't even know what to do. I'm beside myself when I see some of the decisions they get made because I go like, wow, that's a good decision. I mean, I had gotten so deeply cynical about all this stuff where anytime anything ever had to be made, my assumption was just like, well, whatever's gonna happen is gonna be stupid. I know that much. It's gonna be the, you know, the boosters are gonna get in there and, and muck it up, and the AD doesn't have the backbone to handle it, and the president doesn't have the backbone to handle it. And now you, <laughs> I, I think you could also look at, at Boyd too. Boyd, and I think Plowman's done a fine job at, at Chancellor. You got leadership at the top that, that seems fully competent and is really doing things that move Tennessee in the right direction. And that's, that's incredible. Um, and even if things don't fully go in the right direction, like say, you know, the Josh Heupel tenure doesn't work out as well as we're hoping it will. I, I still. I look at Danny White and with the things that he's done so far, I think I. I could really trust him, in a move forward and something like that. I think the one I really look at is basketball when Rick Barnes retires. He's made some incredible basketball hires in the past. He hired Nate Oates at Buffalo, and you know has really been a great coach evaluator in that way. And there's just things like that that make me believe, like, okay, we could be in for a real nice like 10, 15 years here. This could be the turning of the tide 
and you never know. So absolutely soak it all in. Appreciate every second. Don't assume that that's about to happen. But I think it's a fair question because this is you're experiencing baseball as good as it can possibly get. Um, again, especially if you win a national championship in the next couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, everything else just kind of fall into place. Basketball is great. I mean, if you had <laughs> you have baseball being a powerhouse, basketball being good, football being good, women's basketball being good. Just if at a certain point, I mean, you could almost argue that Tennessee has crazily Tennessee has one of the best athletic programs in America. I can't, if you would have told me that I would be saying something like that five years ago, I would have gone, get, shut up. What? That's that, 18, it's not going to happen. 18, 18 oh, months ago, I don't think we'd be saying that. Yeah. Le- legitimately. We were The, the we day, were the day that. was hired. Yeah. The, the day Danny White was hired, if you would have told me that, I would have been like, are you, st- I mean, I like the guy, but like, come on. <laughs> like, this is, let's be real here. And I think you really could make that argument that it, it's, it's, that that good right now i it's crazy i can't believe i'm saying that i I honestly can't yeah i don't think it's any coincidence that this is happening with danny white kind of leading things even though he didn't hire rick barnes didn't hire tony vitello didn't make these moves again it it goes it's kind of like an extension of what vitello's done with the culture that danny white's created an expectation of one everything kind of fits together like you see the support from all the athletic programs for the other athletic programs it's fun to see you see tennessee basketball out at baseball games football players out at baseball games they're all supporting each other they love it and i mean that's a big part of it that danny white's kind of brought that together he's just, he's just brought an expectation to win and he's he's the first athletic director that tennessee's had in a long time that is competent and he's I mean, he's at Tennessee, but it's not just the job. Like, it's his identity. And with Dave Hart, you know, I felt like it was just a job. Like, he's an Alabama guy that he was just doing a job. John Curry, I felt like it was a performance half the time. I mean, he was more interested in his perception and how people perceived him and this and that. I mean, he he really liked the secrecy of the college sports world. It was it's just a different vibe with him. And then Fulmer, I mean – but Fulmer loves Tennessee as much as anybody. Nobody's ever going to doubt that, but he just wasn't qualified to do the job. Danny White's kind of got all these elements that he brings together, experience, competency, and he loves Tennessee. I mean, he he could have had a lot of different jobs when he left UCF. He was a in-demand athletic director, and he specifically wanted to come to Tennessee. I mean, obviously, money is a factor. We can't pretend like it's not. But because of what he saw, the possibility here. I mean, you heard him in his press conference. He he understood that this was a fan base that wants to win and wants to erupt. They want to support athletics. He's delivering on his end, and the fans are delivering on their end. I mean, you saw them in Hoover this week. They were the well. I mean, I would say that was the most well represented fan base in Alabama this week. Yeah, by and far. you saw Tony Vitello going around thanking them. I mean, these fans are going to support these teams if they win. And Danny White saw that. He wanted to be a part of it. So all that stuff together is why I feel like it, it, it has a real chance to be something real special, like you said, over the next 10 to 15 years. And the, and the fans are really the cornerstone of it all. This is what the fans have always mm-hmm. deserved. Recruits love it. Recruits yeah. in every sport, every interview you see, they talk about Tennessee's crazy fans. And it's in an endearing, positive way. Uh, yeah, it's it's something they love and it attracts them to this place. Other fan bases get mad about Tennessee fans 
be, and I know this, this obviously is so biased as a Tennessee fan, but I truly believe this is because they are envious of what this is. Yeah, we're nuts. We're a bunch of crazies and we'll go on Twitter and we'll find the, you know, your mom's name and your dog's name and we'll come after you and your criminal record and we'll come at like, it doesn't matter. There's some real nutsos in this fan base, but it's, that's all like, it's kind of what makes it great. (laughs) It's because it's just so loud and powerful and loyal and huge. I mean, it's a huge fan base, hundreds of thousands of people that come out in force. They're incredibly actionable. And this is what they have always deserved. Cause that's what I made me so indignant. All of those years when things were going so badly with Tennessee sports is that this is not like you owe the Tennessee fan base so much more because even when this stuff sucks, they come out for you guys like you're spitting in these people's faces going. I mean, with football, it was always the worst you put in. It was just perpetually a worse product than a worse product than a worse product. And the ticket prices just kept going up. Like stop spitting in my face. Because this fan base has always been good, and you have not always been good, and you don't seem to realize that imbalance. And finally, it is coming back around, and the people that are doing the winning on the field seem extremely appreciative of it. Like you said, Tony Vitello, I I loved that clip yesterday of him just taking time. High-fiving young fans right there, saying hello to the fans that are there, there, saying thank you, and all those things, like the all all of it coming together. Winning is great. Like us, like Saban, winning is great. But Saban is not a guy who's going to come around and, and shake a bunch of hands and kiss babies. That's not his deal. But you have guys that are winning and still doing that. And this is what the Tennessee fan has always deserved. They are so special, and and. I'm glad that it's finally coming back back around, and I want I want both sides to appreciate what's happening right now. And it seems like they are the fans absolutely are, but but also I, I don't think, uh, don't let don't let Danny White get too big for his britches either. If things keep going well, yeah. he's got to he's got to keep it humble. <laughs> uh, there's two things. One is the, the fan, like the way that Vitello and Hypo. I mean, after that Ole Miss game, the football game last year, where you know trash is thrown on the field. Hypo did not focus on that at all. I mean, I could have seen some other coaches getting up there and really railing against that or focusing on that. And and he briefly addressed it, you know, said it wasn't acceptable, blah, blah, blah. Most of his time was spent praising the fans for the incredible atmosphere they created. And it's it goes right back to what you said is that the people in charge have to recognize that in the fan base. They have to understand, like, like hey, this fan base, like they're su- as supportive as any fan base in the nation. You have a really bad football season and they play a game and 80, only 80,000 fans show up to, to Neyland stadium. Well, 80,000 fans is more than most NFL teams are getting their seat. Their stadiums don't even seat that many. I mean, a, a, a sparse crowd at Tennessee is still one of the biggest sports crowds in the country. And when you had somebody like Jeremy Pruitt at his first spring game, lecturing the fans for not showing up, this team just went four and eight. There's been a disaster. Give us a reason. Like, we've been showing up. Don't let sure us. And you don't see that, obviously, with Danny White, Josh Heupel, Tony Vitello. They they appreciate this fan base, and I think the fan base really appreciates that. 
being a, a Titans fan along with being a Tennessee fan puts that into perspective beautifully. Amy Adams Strunk, the owner of the Titans, I would she would probably kill a man in front of the Titans crowd to be able to get 80,000 people to, to come to every week for her football team. <laughs> like that's it. Again, that stadium does not even hold that many people. And that those were the darkest days for Tennessee football was 80,000 people showing up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's special. It's so special. This whole thing that we're part of the fact that the fact that we can do this little show here and a, and a bunch of people listen to it. It's crazy. Why would you do that? Why do you subject yourself to this? I don't know. But I'm glad that you do, and we're we're incredibly appreciative. Um, yeah, the fan base like, and the com- the community that it's created. Uh, it's I mean, crazy. is is really it is the heartbeat of Tennessee athletics. It is what makes it so special. The the, the Tennessee, it's not the same without this incredible fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's end with this. Um, I got to get out of here, unfortunately. Um, gotta go to the lake. It's a real hard life. Uh, <laughs> here in East Tennessee. Um, The big recruiting weekend. Speaking of things that are going well for Tennessee, huge recruiting weekend. Some of the bluest chip athletes in America were in Knoxville this weekend, along with ones that are already committed to Tennessee, like Nico Iao Maliata. Um, And you had some nice developments. Didn't hear a ton. Saw Obviously saw the recruits tweeting out the pictures and saw the team hyping it up and saw the those like recruiting Twitter accounts posting stuff about it for the most part. Didn't, didn't get any commits, um, which we kind of thought this, this was certainly a possibility out of that. I, I would say I did think there would at least be some commits, at least one or something, but that's I'm not, this isn't a problem. Again, a, a recruiting weekend is something that you don't truly see the fruits of until later, but some of the developments that you did see, and this was probably the biggest one that I saw was on two, four, seven sports. For five-star edge rusher Shandavian Bradley, he gets a prediction from Steve Wiltfong that he will be committing to Tennessee. Steve Wiltfong is the director of football recruiting at 247 Sports, and he predicts that uh, Bradley will choose Tennessee. Ultimately, I think I saw somewhere he he would be an early enrollee, and so he would commit in like July or August, potentially. So that's huge. And again, like that, he's going to commit in July or August. So you'll see the product of this recruiting weekend come down the road, hopefully. But some things like that, that kind of suggest that this weekend went well. What did you, uh, did you have any thoughts on what went down Zach? Uh, Yeah. When it, when it comes to players committing, I think Tennessee's in a spot now where they're not recruiting the same players they were a couple of years ago. Like you just mentioned with Chenevian Brown, that he's a five-star recruit. He's a number what 29 overall player in the country. These guys aren't necessarily committing on a whim at the end of May. They're going yeah. through the process. They've got their official visits lined up. There's Texas A&M and Auburn and Alabama and all the heavy hitters after these kids. So, so Tennessee's kind of operating in a little bit of a different world than they have in a while. Even – even different than they operated under Jeremy Pruitt when he was <laughs> cheating to land recruits via some <laughs> not very smart methods. Uh, so that, that I think that's why you didn't really see anybody commit this weekend, and it might happen this week. I mean, you really never know when it comes to the recruiting world. It's it's fluid. We all the time. It can change. Uh, they recruiting analysts can get, kind of 
get uh, hoodooed a little bit and somebody tells them one thing and they end up doing something else. So I don't, I don't think it's a big deal at all that we didn't see any commitments. It looked like, though, the vibe weekend was incredible. And based on some of the interviews I've read, you heard the word special come up a lot. It's a word we've used a lot today. So recruits definitely are feeling feeling something different happening with Tennessee right now. And when you got a guy like Nico that has been so proactive in, in recruiting these guys, being on them, that that speaks volumes to these players. Like they you want to go to a program that has a great quarterback because it all starts with the quarterback. That's how you're gonna win games. With Nico kind of leading the charge, we touched on it a little last week. It's a little different when a quarterback, five star quarterback's the one kind of the glue that, or the, the guy that's bringing the, the class together, it's a little different than when it's a like an offensive lineman or something like that. So, I, th- I mean, I think we're going to see this pay off. Tennessee's obviously not going to get all these guys, but if they get somebody like Bradley, I mean, if, if quarterback's the most important position on the field for the offense, edge rusher, I think it's the most important position on the field for the defense because if you can get a guy that has that ability to get after a quarterback, stop a drive on the third down, come up with a big sack at a key time, that can affect the game just as much as a quarterback can at times. And that's a position that gets paid in the NFL. It's a very important position. You land a few of those guys, and Tennessee really will have some special going in. Absolutely. It's a snowball effect. You pick these guys up. I think uh, another one that I saw was Francis. I, I worked on this. Somebody, I pronounced it completely wrong last week but somebody in the comments corrected me and i think the way that they said it was pronounced was he's played and he's bounced around in high school he's played in california he's went back to american samoa and now he's at img i believe in florida where yes our good friend brian niedermeyer is currently an assistant coach that is true uh hopefully he's not saying too much not be smirching the name of Tennessee too much down there. I know because t- Tennessee has several players down there that they really want to land. So yes, um, I but uh, I saw somewhere a comment from him. He was talking about he has a very good relationship with Nico. Yeah, Molly. I think two two guys that are kind of that Pacific Islander background and both California his, uh, ties. His and- uncle. I don't know if you've seen this, but his uncle actually played with Josh Heupel at either Weber State or Snow College. One of the two. In Utah, it was kind of funny. I watched his interview with Austin Price of VaultQuest on YouTube this morning, and he mentioned that, and he he said, I I don't remember the name of the school. It was somewhere in Utah. So (laughs) one of those two schools, Josh Heupel, played with his uncle, and he said, hey, you know, my uncle said that this is a great guy. When he tells you something, uh, that's what it is. Like, he's not going to lead you on, kind of like Butch Jones used to do with recruits. Like, Heupel says what he means. So that's a that's a good reputation to have if you're a head coach. Yeah, hey, it's, uh, hey, Uncle Maujoa, keep <laughs> keep up the good work. Keep putting in a good word for Tennessee. We're trusting you here. We're we're relying on you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get you get him at Shandavian Bradley, and then you you just add to that team of guys like Nico, who is already working on Tennessee's behalf. I, man, it's the the sky is the limit as far as that goes. I I just so badly want to see Tennessee's name back in that top five at the end mm-hmm. of the recruiting cycle. Like, please, 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 because uh, that's that's how you turn your program around, truly. And let's say this: get these boys paid. Get get them in the room with the NIL folks. I don't care what the NCAA that- says. 
let them let them talk to whoever they need to talk to, um, and and get them in the fold. That's all I know. Well, did so two things here. One with Chendavian Bradley, Texas A&M is a factor there. So Tennessee's probably going to have to to pay some pay up. It's worth it. Like I said, edge rusher. Those guys are important. Give him yeah. whatever you think he needs, whatever it is. It really doesn't matter to me. It's not my money. Spend it all. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I mean, really, what's it matter? But that also, when it comes to NIL, that brings me uh, to Billy Napier at Florida. I don't know if you heard his comments this weekend. Did you? I don't think so. What do you say? Uh, he said that they Florida will not be getting in any NIL bidding wars with another program. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, well, Florida's done. If that's really the way yep. you're going to approach this, you're done. Because that, that is the new world we're in. And I don't care if it's Nick Saban at Alabama, if Tennessee's sitting there with a $8 million offer to come play here, and Alabama only wants to give the kid $2 million, it's a pretty good chance that kid's going to Tennessee, regardless of if it's niche saving or not. I mean, that's just the facts of I mean, money talks. And I, maybe that's not it, it, the reality in every single situation. You'll have outliers, I'm sure, like Arch Manning, who probably isn't going to choose a school based on who writes the biggest check. And there will be others like that, too. But for the most part, if you want to land a top five class, that's the avenue you have to take now. And if Florida's not willing to do that, they're going to sink pretty fast. Here's the war that I think might be going on behind the scenes in the sort of different factions of coaches in college football, because you've had this breakdown of the guys that don't like NIL and the guys that are all about it, your hypos and your savings. Um, I think you could have a saving going out and trying to turn the kid against NIL, trying to be like, you don't, you don't need to cash in like that. You can come here and win a championship, whatever it, it may be. And I think, they may be trying to fight that information war. And then, of course, when they show up at Tennessee, we're like, let's get you an NIL deal. This is what we're all about. And there, there's that that back and forth. And if you are Billy Napier in that position, I don't know why in a million years you would ever say something like that. Saban, I get it. He's, he's leading a true powerhouse. Kirby Smart, I get it. The dude just won a national championship. He truly has a product to sell there. <laughs> like, come here and win a national championship. We just did it. That's a powerful, powerful sales. He's been pretty, not to interrupt, but he's been he's been pretty quiet on NIL stuff, it seems like. Kirby, right? We haven't. Yeah. Pretty, Saban pretty smart approach. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's exactly. If I was him, I just, no matter how I felt about it, I probably would just wouldn't say. I would just yeah. leave it to when, when the kid Nothing shows up. Like, Nothing to gain. Yeah. I mean, it just, just. I mean, it's kind of what Hypel has done. He's just kind of bowed out of it and just been, we do what we do. But publicly, Hypel's just like, yeah, we think it's a good a good thing, but that's, you know, we just look at the positives and we are going to work with the tools we have. Like, that's sort of mm -hmm. his message. Why would you ever say this if you're Billy Napier? Why would you go out and say to a kid, that stuff goes around? And he basically, you know, travels through the pipeline and goes like, well, you know, you can go to Tennessee. They might cut that check, but you go to Florida, you're not going to get anything like that. And like, that's... <laughs> That's, again, a powerful sales pitch to these kids that, I mean, just think if you're a high schooler, how powerful this is. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you are poor or you are rich or anything at all. You have somebody set a contract down in front of you that goes, in the next four years, we're going to pay you $800,000.
And you go, okay, um, I have no money <laughs> at all. Potentially even my family has no money with some of these guys. It's totally life-changing. And think of the power of that, that in these kids' minds. And to have Billy Napier going out and be like, we're not going to get in a bidding war with an IL. Don't, don't even ask. I'm not doing it. What, what are you doing? If I was a Florida fan, I would be absolutely indignant. That's an insane yeah. thing to say. He is not – Billy Napier is not equipped to handle the SEC media. Uh, he's not. I've seen that. Or no, it was after. It was before the uh, later signing period, I believe. He told a press conference. He said, uh, yeah, we might not have a very good recruiting class or we might not land all the guys we want or something like that. I'm like, why? Just like this, like, why say that? And it, it's just such a contrast between him and Josh Heupel where – Heupel's not necessarily like the most polished guy in press conferences. He's kind of got some nervous tics. He coughs a lot. He's usually chewing on something. He's not, you know, Nick Saban up there where he's kind of commanding the the, the press conference. But he's also a pretty smart guy. Like he's he's dealt with the media a lot, dating to his days back as a player. He was under a lot of pressure as a former star player turned offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. He's dealt with a lot of tough situations in his career, and he's he knows how to handle the media. He knows, kind of like you said, he knows what to say, when to just be quiet on an issue, when to let it go, when to speak up. He He's just more well-equipped to handle the SEC media than Billy Napier, based on what I've seen so far. And Florida, they will eat him up. They did it to Dan Mullen. They've done it to every coach down there. There's your little grace period, the honeymoon period. And then you start saying some stupid stuff about recruiting and it goes downhill from there. And uh, clearly Billy Napier did not watch a single Dan Mullen press conference because he's starting to go down the same path that Dan Mullen did. Here's a prediction for you. Just in the, the feeling of what's going on. Florida right now is Tennessee football in 2010 when Dooley was hired. It was like it, they they went about it in a different way, but the the great guy left. You've had moderate success since then, and you know Tennessee's period of moderate success was a single year under Lane Kiffin, unfortunately, and then it went super downhill from there. <laughs> they had moderate. Florida's had moderate success for you know ten years now, and then you could be on the precipice of taking a real turn downhill and then you still have a fan base and this was Tennessee to a T you still have a fan base that is a national championship minded fan base as a really bad combination really bad because it like you said it eats coaches alive because you have a fan base that bears over them and goes how dare you have a five and seven season this is horrific and don't come out here and champions of life us and all this garbage or whatever Billy Napier might be saying. And it's... He does have some... They better be careful. They better be careful. They went... I I don't feel like they upgraded by hiring Billy Napier. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Not that I thought Dan Mullen's a Hall of Fame coach, but Dan Mullen did a lot of really great things at Mississippi State. And he had some good early years at Florida. And he kind of let himself... I think if he would have approached the media different, I think maybe the outcome at Florida for him is a little different because it just got to be so much that he kind of created. But I don't 
think Billy Napier is a better coach than Dan Mullen. I just don't. I mean, so I don't know what they're really expecting. And he does have some of that Butch Jones in him. He's a, if you watch his press mm-hmm. conferences, he is a combination of Jeremy Pruitt and Butch Jones. He talks like Pruitt and he says some things like Butch Jones where he's, what his his special teams coach is like his game changing coordinator or no it's not even a special teams coach I think it's like an analyst and he named him his his game changing coordinator or something like that Ugh. that's on the official Florida side just real stuff like that doesn't work Ugh. just stop it doesn't work it's going to be a disaster for Florida and that's another reason that it feels like Tennessee athletics or or Tennessee football <laughs> has a real chance to shine here because they uh you know Florida's kind of trending down and it doesn't look good for them at this time. I'm sure Florida fans will disagree if they make their way into their comments here with us, but they're kind of trending down while Tennessee's trending up. And that's, I mean, you see the SEC predictions this year from a lot of media. A lot of, most of them have Tennessee finishing second, Florida down fourth or fifth. It's not just kind of inside the our Tennessee bubble that feels this way. Most, it seems like most kind of see the Gators trending that direction. Just be careful. That is my advice to Florida. I, and I, I'll i be honest, I'm definitely going to post this up on YouTube as a clip now. You've given me the idea, Zach. Without a doubt, the the thumbnail is going to be Billy Na- side-by-side Billy Napier and Butch Jones with an equal sign in the middle. Uh, and then it's going to say, is Florida the new Tennessee or something along those lines? We're going to try to bait these Florida folks into it. Um, so that's good. This is this was great. It was a totally unexpected segment here of questioning yeah, we'll whether to, uh, Florida is we'll about have to, to have a little <laughs> implode. <laughs> we'll yes. have to have a little segment next week and read the comments that we get from Florida fans because there will be some. Well, I'll I'll keep track of of what I see and we can. I will I will do my damnedest. Do my damn to damnedest to uh, to bait them in here. Uh, we'll see what we can do. Um, but there you go. Th- this. Let's correct the record this time. If it ends up that Florida is going down the hill at this point, let's correct the record this time and not be like Butch Jones again. Let's actually take advantage of Florida sucking this time where Butch never could. Um, You do have an excellent Georgia to contend with now, unfortunately. That buck has passed. But uh, you can at least get over the Florida hill. And that's... Like... In terms of the psychological blocks for Tennessee, is there a bigger one than Florida? If you can get over that yeah. one, who knows what could happen at that point? So let's make let's make that a goal, please, dear God. Take advantage of anything that these other teams give you. Um, I think that's going to be it. That's show. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan. Any final thoughts for the good folks at home, Zach, on this championship Memorial Day? Uh, no, just excited to. Uh... see some more baseball i mean uh, you really don't want to see this season end even if it ends with a championship it's gonna be sad to not to not see the tennessee baseball team going out there every week it's been been such a fun year it will no matter how this ends there will be a bitter element if even if tennessee wins a national championship obviously that will be the greatest of the great i will be sad to see the season go though because it mm-hmm. has just been so special and fun. And yeah, and you and and you you know uh, this team will never be together again, and that the know. finality of it I think is what kind of will make it kind of sad there when it does come to an end. Bittersweet. 
Cherish while we have it. Watch every second of the teams coming up. I believe Friday, Friday and Saturday, or Friday through Sunday of this uh, this week. But uh, other than that, I think that is all. I got to get the the music going here to get us out on the other end. But a to z sports.com at trial underscore bros at Zach TNT at a to z sports and facebook.com plus a to z sports and the a to z sports podcast network feed. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Leave a review. Leave a rating. Whatever you got to do, and A to Z Sports on YouTube. Search it up and give us a subscribe over there. Hit that little notification bell and hit if you're watching on YouTube at this point. A couple of videos are going to pop up in front of my face. A subscribe button is going to pop up in front of Zach's face. Hit all of those. I don't care what you do. This is America, land of the free, home of the brave. And uh, I think that's all. Thanks so much for watching. We truly, truly appreciate it. Let's go win a national championship, baby. And we'll talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.